Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. Today, I'm joined by Fareed Hosseini of the EW2020 program. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Uh, Fareed, it's crazy that, like I keep saying, uh, we're both on the weekend cohorts. You're in Axe, and I'm in uh, Oski, but I feel like I barely know you, if at all. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from, where you lived? Sounds good, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm from Iran. I grew up outside of Iran, though, so ever since I was little, my parents moved to Dubai, Mm -hmm. which at the time was not as prestigious as it is today. So I grew up in what I like to call the real Dubai. Mm -hmm. But then I moved to the States for college, and I lived in Miami at the time, did my undergrad in Miami, and then I moved into the tech world, obviously East Coast, not a a really good spot for tech. (laughs) So I decided to move as far away as I could. I moved to Seattle. I see. What did you study in your undergrad? Uh, Computer engineering. Okay. So um, that's actually, that makes sense, how you got into product management, which is something we're going to talk about today a lot. So what made you move to uh, Seattle? Uh, So I actually thought I would go to grad school, but I ended up interviewing at only one company, Mm -hmm. uh, which was Microsoft, and they gave me an offer. So I thought, you know, this is probably one that I wanted on my resume. So Mm -hmm. couldn't turn that down. Wait, wait, sorry. You said you wanted to go to grad school before you applied to this job? Yes. In what, like master's in uh, computer science? Computer science. Yes. Okay. But you didn't end up going into a master's? No, I did not. So you applied for a job at Microsoft, um, looks like as a senior program manager, and you worked there for a little over two years? No, so actually uh, when I first started at Microsoft, I started as a developer. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that, basically I did that for two years, I was working on the back-end system for, um, if you remember, MSN Messenger. Uh, which was for me something that, like, I, you know, this was like the height of my pride at the time because everybody I knew back in high school loved Messenger. Oh, yeah, especially and, international friends. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when I was like, I'm working at MSN, everybody was like, <laughs> oh my God, this guy made it the American dream, you know? Wow. Uh, but it was not as glorious as I thought it would be. <laughs> and uh, working on back end systems, like, it actually, like, in some ways, exposed to me fairly quickly that I did not want to be an engineer. Mm. And this is when, kind of like moving into the job at the time, I really didn't even know there was a product track. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, you know, businesses like Microsoft were mostly run by engineers. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of taking a kind of very basic, naive perspective on, on how things are run. But then, like, very quickly when I was there, I was like, this is not something that I'm going to be particularly passionate about. So, mm-hmm. therefore, as a career choice, it's not something that it could really propel me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to take a step back and kind of like see what else is out there and I discover product. And I was like, okay, this is kind of the right intersection of, you know, being creative, building things for people, but also like staying close to the engineering world. And this was back in 2011. I mean, even further out from even, that. Wow. Yeah. So, how, how did you, I guess, how did you discover product management? So I think mostly from like people that I was working with, mm. um, just because like Microsoft at the time used to have like a setup where you had a product manager, an engineer, and a test like a QA engineer mm-hmm. in a trio, and that was kind of the core unit of any team. Okay, and so we worked very closely with the product managers who would write the specs and essentially decide on what gets built, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways the engineers 
like after some time, you develop some sense of like understanding what the product or what the market needs to to sort of see in the product. Right. And so you start to kind of influence some of the decisions that the product managers are making. And before long, you're kind of like, well, maybe I could do this too. Like this side of it sounds just as interesting as the coding side. Mm-hmm. And so like what what happened for me personally was that you know, one at the time I was kind of like goofing around with a bunch of like side projects of my own where right. I was like coding on the side with some friends outside of work. And for those, I didn't have like a formal team of product managers, obviously. So I had to like do that myself. Mm. Uh, and then also at work, I started taking on some side projects where I was like, you know, this so-and-so tool needs to get built. I know like sort of the pain points in our system today. Mm-hmm. I know that we need to build this. Nobody's really like sort of putting this on my plate as as far as like something that that is a requirement. But I could see sort of the value of that. So mm. I started writing the specs for it. I started like evangelizing that within the organization and saying, you know, if I built this in this such way, would you use it? And so on and so forth. And that was kind of, I guess, the the first maybe PRD that I wrote. I see. So did you kind of move up into a product role at Microsoft or it was your first product role at LinkedIn? No, so I, I switched. So at Microsoft, like there, there's like thousands of teams, right? So mm-hmm. Basically, what I did is after two years of doing that at Messenger, I decided to look around for product jobs within the company, and I found one at Bing, uh, which at the time wasn't even called Bing; it was just like MSN Search or Live Search. I can't even yeah. remember. And so I applied for that job, and um, you know, someone took a chance on me. They were like, "Okay, you're young. You know, you clearly have an engineering background. You're kind of rough around the edges, but like we can kind of shape you to be a good product manager." So mm-hmm. I took a chance, and that's how I started. Huh. So, uh, so I, I see here your title is called Program Manager Lead. Is that like a, another name for product management? Yeah, so Microsoft calls them Program Managers. Got it, okay. That's good to know, actually. So I think people just Google product managers these days. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, um, your time at LinkedIn, looks like Yelp, and now that you're at Pinterest. Um, in terms of the, uh, any differences that you see in your product management roles, if any, Sure. Yeah. For me personally, like I think I've actually kind of ran the gamut when it comes to product management roles Hmm. in that I've done a variety of different things and neither one of which has really like sort of been built on on previous experiences. So Mm -hmm. for those three jobs that you mentioned, I moved from, you know, what I was doing at, at Bing, which was like sort of on the relevant side of the house. So mostly working with machine learning engineers, trying to figure out like how to basically deliver better results in a, in a search re, uh, result page. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I moved to LinkedIn, I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to kind of build a product from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up working on was a, there was a set of like sort of education websites that LinkedIn put out in 2012 or so, mm-hmm. which one of which which I had uh, shamelessly plugged with within the EWMBA community, which was the alumni, LinkedIn alumni page. Huh. Which is actually a really, if others haven't looked at it, it's a really great way to find other people like okay. that are either in your industry or that are in your city or have similar like sort of background to you. So that was your product. That was my product. Page. Have you used it? I have not used it. Okay, I need to check that out. This is a part of LinkedIn Pro, or no? So actually, like, so if you go basically to any LinkedIn profile and you see where it says education, and you click through to the university, mm-hmm. that whole thing was. My, like products that my team built. Wow. And so why the move to uh, Yelp? Um, so a few different reasons. Uh, believe it or not, part of it was the commute. I mm-hmm. was living in the city and I couldn't do the Mountain View commute every day. It was just, it was just rough after a while. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then the second part of it was that I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And um, 
while I was at LinkedIn, I'd seen sort of the the growth team at LinkedIn do amazing things. Like we went, I think when I was there, we started at maybe 75 million users or so. Yeah. And by the time I left, we were, I think, close to 400 million. Wow. So uh, really rapid growth. And I, I was kind of like really always excited to see the kinds of experiments that the growth team was running. Mm-hmm. So coming from like sort of a search background, working on relevance, that's all you do is like you run experiments all day. And so having moved to this new role where I was building sort of a feature from scratch, which was the whole education stuff, I kind of missed that. Mm. I was like, you know, I want to go back to a world where I can, you know, think of an idea, build something quickly, test it out, see how it works, Mm -hmm. and then get feedback and kind of iterate and go on. And that's, in a lot of ways, that's how I had been trained to think of product management. And here I was sort of like building this you know, business within a business, which was like sort of education kind of related entities within LinkedIn, mm-hmm. which ultimately like, you know, play out into the sort of grander vision of where LinkedIn needs to be. But at the same time, it's not as core product, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, for me, it was kind of like missing that experimental kind of the, the thinking. and phases of the product life cycle. Exactly. And the creativity that goes along with it. Yeah. So like growth roles in general, like really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of random. Like somebody just reached out to me from Yelp and was like, "Hey, are you interested?" So you I'm know. curious. What, what did you build there? <laughs> Nothing really. <laughs> so that's actually the interesting thing, right? Like, so I think when you think about growth roles, uh-huh. you know, the whole idea is like kind of uh, how do we kind of make the funnel more efficient? Got it. Uh, from acquisition to activation, retention. Like, kind of think about that perspective. Um, and so the idea for for me at Yelp was, you know, how do I get people through the door? How do I get them to download the app? And I think one of the things that was that was interesting at the time was Google was starting to penalize there were a variety of different kind of pages, and and also at the same time they were kind of putting forward their own local results page. Correct. So Yelp was essentially on mobile devices, being like, you know, you had to scroll down on on your result page from Google to be able to even see the Yelp link, even though it was a top result. Yeah. You know, we we lost a lot of traffic that way. So mm-hmm. I think one of the mandates for my team was, you know, how do we get people to download the app mm-hmm. so that it's more sticky, and then how do we provide them more value so they'd want to launch Yelp directly versus go to Google and then find their way to Yelp. Wow, you know that's so crazy because I did use Google a lot to to use Yelp. Yeah, and then now when I look up places. I rarely see Yelp and Google search results because I, if I want to look up a restaurant, I just go straight to Yelp, like yeah. Yelp.com. Uh, I think you did a good job if you're a part of that process. So tell me a little bit about uh, your time at uh, Pinterest so far. Yes, I've been at Pinterest for about two years. Uh, and again, like sort of going back to, to the, the breadth approach that I've taken, I started on the monetization team, hmm. which again, it was something that, you know, as, as a product manager, you'll, You'll really often have two tracks. You can either be on the consumer side, or you can be on the like sort of enterprise slash um, kind of business side of the house. Okay. And so for for me, this was kind of a new thing where I was like, okay, I've I've seen kind of the different flavors of product management within consumer world, right. uh, going deep into a single product or staying like sort of at the at the growth layer. And then there's a question around, you know, what other things could I do with with this kind of similar skill set to round yourself out? Exactly. Yeah. And so I decided to take a, a job in, in sort of monetization land. And you know, this was the first time that I've I'd started to think about businesses and how they're run uh, outside of sort of the consumer focus. Hmm. Uh, thinking about things like revenue and, and growth projections and how do you kind of like you know strategize around bigger players in the space. And if you think about the advertising space, there's only like Two real dominant players in the market, which are Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. So, you know, coming at this from from a 
you know, you can quote unquote call us a startup compared to those guys at least. Um, you know, how do you build a platform where big box retailers, for example, uh, find value in in putting their ad dollars and and knowing that they can get returns from interest? Got it. So, what what are you uh, doing there now? Uh, just most is enterprise or just the uh, the monetization side of. Yeah, so, so we or? have we have a lot of different teams. So uh, for me in particular, I work on uh, what we call shopping ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's essentially getting retailers, for example, to give us their product catalogs, mm-hmm. and then for us to find scalable ways to get them uh, essentially impressions and get them to promote their products uh, to the Pinterest audience. That is fascinating. I really like how you moved through the different roles of product management or the different, because product management, I think people, for someone, uh, like when I first started looking into it, I thought it was just like, there's one role. But then you learn that you know within a product, say, um, for CMG, uh, Vince gave us an example of how you know on Twitter page or even on a Facebook page, the like button is a product, the comment section is a product, right? The photo sharing is a product, and there's like multiple teams to, to do these different things. And I think people think of just Facebook as a product. I'm sure there's a team for that, but then you break it down into all these other teams that um, cater to your interests almost and and what you want to learn. I think that's what's really exciting about product management, and you've Definitely explored, uh, you know, a good breadth of that, right? Which begs the question: You've done so much. You have so much PM experience. What are you doing at Haas? Why the MBA? <laughs> that question again. Uh, so I think, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think actually my last job has exposed some, I guess, gaps in in my in my knowledge mm-hmm. uh, in particular, like sort of when it comes to running a business. I think like advertising is less about product is more about business. Yeah. And so um, there's been a number of times where I've kind of questioned some of the decisions that I would have made as a pure consumer facing product manager versus what I now need to think about, given that there's this extra player in the field, which is essentially the partner or the advertiser. Mm-hmm. So I think in a lot of ways, uh, that's what I'm hoping to get out of this program, which is just a better sense of like how to you know, in in a sense, like how do businesses run, right? Mm-hmm. And in my like sort of uh, small examples, like how does an advertising business run? Uh, but you know, I, I get to work a lot more with people in marketing, with, in operations, in sales, etc. And I think that that has always been something that I've been kind of blind blinded right? by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is kind of like the first time that I'm like, okay, when I think about you know a certain thing. Let me not look at it from the narrow perspective of like what a product manager would, what a product manager's interaction with a marketing person would be. Mm. Let me think about it like around how they're thinking about this and mm-hmm. what is their strategy and how do they need to work with me. So I think in a lot of ways it's given me different perspectives, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not quite hundred percent sure what I'll what I'll do with all of this. Mm-hmm. Like after the fact, I don't know whether I want to kind of switch. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, happy within product management, but I think in some ways there's maybe a ceiling that hopefully this kind of more, I guess, comprehensive education can help break. Does any part of that, the Haas experience, having to do with entrepreneurship or starting a business? Definitely. I mean, I think. By the way, I, I do have to tell our listeners on your LinkedIn does say entrepreneur for the past, you know, ten years and nine yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you can't you can't be in product in Silicon Valley and not call yourself an entrepreneur. I feel like <laughs> um, no, I've definitely taken a chance to kind of, I guess. 
in one way, I could say that I miss coding. Mm-hmm. I've I've been always able to like sort of find side projects to kind of scratch that itch and and kind of stay close. Right. Um, so yeah, I've developed a number of different everything from like websites to apps to Chrome extensions. And so that's kind of where I've taken them. None of which I really believed that could turn into a business. They mm-hmm. were kind of mostly hobbies. Yeah. Uh, there was one in particular right before I joined Yelp that I spent a lot of time on. I actually did not actually like practice my own advice, which is you know think about like one of the things I tell people when they're thinking about new ideas is always you know write it on paper, mm-hmm. see if you can get people to basically read that and say yes I want this product or yes mm-hmm. I want to pay for this product. Yeah. And if you can do that enough times, then go think about okay, how do I go from paper to like the next thing? Yeah. And so on and kind of like iterate that way. Absolutely. Uh, but when I kind of in practice myself, I didn't kind of listen to myself and for one of the projects I spent months working on this thing and I got it to a really good like sort of polished place mm-hmm. uh, but really there was no market for it and yeah. I thought I should have thought about I've, it. I've done the exact same thing. And that's and that that wasn't in the beginning either. That was like, you know, having built three successful businesses, I was still making that mistake. So that's uh, that that's something that is really key. It, it's not even asking people what they would pay for it. Going beyond that and saying, "All right, would you give me money right now for it? Like, yeah. literally, give me some money and I'll give you. The, I'll deliver this product. I'll go build this for you." Right. Yeah. Um, that that type of validation that you're solving a need. Exactly, and that's something I think entrepreneurs take for granted. It's like I think there's this need, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's a critical difference. No, that's awesome. I think we're running out of time. Got to get to class. So, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ray Freed. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. My aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Haasies willing to share their stories and experiences, so that we can give you more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachshawn at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu. 